welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I am your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. Robert, sorry, how is it uh, going? It's going good. How's it going with you? Going all right. Going good. Just, uh, yeah, going all right. Going pretty good. Uh, what you been playing recently? Well, over the weekend of Forza 5 and Skyrim uh, redropped, so I downloaded both of those because, of course... Um, Never heard Forza, of Skyrim. obviously. Yeah, the new Skyrim. <laughs> the new old new Skyrim. Although it is interesting to note that the Anniversary Edition, even with Game Pass, is still a uh, $20 upgrade. What do you mean? Well, I can download the Special Edition for free as part of Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate. But if I want to get the Anniversary Edition, it's another 20 bucks. Okay, what's the difference... That I don't know. I haven't had a chance to research it yet, but okay. I ain't paying 20 bucks for it. No, no, no. Um, how's all that going then? I mean, both games are beautiful. Forza is, obviously, like I've said several times, racing games are always a great way to show off just how beautiful you can make a game look. Uh, Skyrim, obviously, they did up-res it to uh, 1S standards. Not quite you know, the Series X and Series S, but uh, that's pretty darn good. Um, other than that, it's just been a really busy week with travel mm-hmm. uh, for my job, so I haven't had a ton of time to really get into it. So, okay, okay. At some point, I do want to sit down with Skyrim again and actually just like try to play it and finish it. Um, which I, I mean, I did actually try to play it when it was on PlayStation VR, but um, it kind of hurt to look at. If that makes sense, like it was. I know I've said before, I'm not like a graphics person. But when you're in VR and it looks as ugly as it did, it sort of like affected the experience where it was, okay, I didn't need like glossy visuals and this sort of thing. But when you're playing a game in VR, there's just a different element to that where you you kind of do need things to look a little bit better than that game did. Especially when, because I mean, if it looked like that and it was on my TV, I probably wouldn't have cared. But because it's like... I'm in the, you know, not in the game, but, you know, the game's on my face. <laughs> it was, you know, th- does that make sense? Like, the game was mm-hmm. some kind of, yeah, it, it was uh, almost a distraction. Um, and it, it, it was a it was a manageable game. There were some fiddly controls here and there on, on the uh, VR version, um, but I never managed to kind of finish it. So I, um, I want to get that on either the PS4 or the uh, the Switch, so... We'll see. Um, I finished uh, Metroid Dread. Um, I haven't done a review yet. What do you got there? Oh, sorry. I'm just fiddling with something. Okay. Um, yeah, I uh, finished Metroid Dread. Not done a review yet. I'm going to do that possibly tomorrow, maybe Thursday. Going to take my time with it a little bit more. Uh, really, really good game. Really, really good experience. Um, apart from, like, I mean, it was kind of supposed to happen, but the last sort of three to four boss fights were really quite difficult uh especially one particular boss that i was stuck on for a couple of days maybe um not like endlessly for a couple of days but um the kind of play sessions for for those couple of days but um i definitely would want to play another one in the same style maybe make the tracking back a little bit easier but i suppose it's supposed to be the way that it is but as i kind of mentioned last week 
when I'm on a really good flow with playing that game and I know what to do and I know where to go and I can kind of just play the game, uh, it really is a blast to play through. Uh, I had some really good controls, uh, some really interesting um, different equipment that you could get. Uh, the upgrades were really cool as well. Um, got me more sort of connected to Samus as a character because um, she's kind of like an Iron Man character in a way like she's got this really really powerful suit and she can do Iron Man like things but different things as well uh, like with the grapple hook and, and that kind of stuff uh, you can't like fly around as her though but I think that's probably by design for the game because it would make it a bit easier if you could fly around as, as Samus but you can do like uh, this very fast run you can do like this flash kind of jump You've got different types of blasting that you can do. So you've got like different types of rockets, different types of um, uh, yeah, blasting that you can do from your main gun, and uh, really, really enjoyed it. It was it, it was really good to to play through, and I definitely would uh, play another one. I think they're supposed to be still be doing Prime Four, aren't they? Metroid mm-hmm. Metroid Prime Four. So maybe that will be the next one. But if they remastered like the original games. Um, I would give those a go as well, um, but uh, but yeah, it, I guess it's a. Fr- I can't really call myself like a hardcore fan because I've only played like one of the games. But consider me interested in more releases for that for that series. Consider me somebody that's again. I I I, I don't know what you need to do to class yourself as a fan of something <laughs> necessarily, but yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed what I played, and I'm definitely interested in uh, experiencing more of the franchise. Um, that's a that's a game series that you could definitely do as a TV show. Um, like that's the way that some of the cutscenes played out. I was like, I could watch ten episodes of this uh, kind of thing. Uh, again, if you did like a two-hour film, you won't get much chance to flesh the story out. But um, I'd watch like a TV show for that, whether it's in the same animation style or if it was live action. That would be cool. So, uh, what's your thoughts on the the, the Metroid series? Yeah, I mean, I grew up on that, especially, you know, the original NES, SNES games. Those were a good chunk of my childhood. Um, I know they thought about doing it. There was um, a pilot they shot, like, way back in the day. Um, It never went anywhere because, I mean, this was, like, in the mid-'80s, so video game to TV things weren't really a thing. And between the epic fail that was the Bob Hoskins movie... And the fact that Nintendo actually had to buy a pornography company to prevent a parody from being released, they obviously weren't really all that interested in anything like that. Um, yeah. A good game in the meantime would be Shadow Complex. Uh, it's not Metroid, it's not in that universe, but it's heavily, the gameplay is heavily, heavily inspired from the Metroid series. Um, I It was a 360-slash-PS3 game, so I don't know... If it's on the four or the five or the modern-ish generations, I mean, I'm sure backwards compatibility is probably on the the Xbox platform. Um, it's something that is not that graphically demanding. You could probably play it on a PC if it's on PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Um, I noticed something about Nintendo's protagonists as well, which is that they don't talk. <laughs> like uh, Link, I, I know Zelda talks, but Link Link doesn't. Um, I mean, Samus might talk in some of the previous games, but I've not played those. Um, Mario 
says woohoo and that kind of thing. Um, Donkey Kong, I don't think he doesn't talk, does he? Uh, no. Although, yeah, because he's a yeah, he's a protagonist. Um, trying to think of other Kirby doesn't talk. Um, what other series do they have? You got Metroid, so you got Samus, then you got uh, Mario. Um, yeah, Louis, but to Louis be Louis fair, doesn't... these are all eight and sixteen bit games. It, the technology I know, wasn't I was just there saying, to make them talk. I, I was just saying, I kind of noticed that after I finished playing Metroid, of like, oh, it's another Nintendo protagonist that doesn't talk. Um, and that's not like to take anything away from those games. I really liked Breath of the Wild. I really liked Super Mario Sunshine and uh, Mario Odyssey. Uh, and I really liked Metroid Dread. So what I've played of those games, I've really enjoyed. I just thought it was an interesting point that their uh, protagonists don't really talk. Um, so, but yeah, it is kind of aimed at obviously the younger audience, so they don't need like in-depth dialogue or whatever. So, yeah. But um, yeah, I'll have a review of that in the coming days. Uh, Star Trek also isn't going to be happening this week on Friday because of the news that we got today. So that will give me even more time to do that. So I'm gonna just I'm just gonna take my time with that one a little bit more. So um, not that I usually rush episodes. It's just certain episodes I do take a little bit more time with, and uh, Metroid is one of them. So or Metroid is gonna be one of them. Uh, other than that, I played. Uh, I'm gonna tie this this next part in with an email actually. Uh, Beth writes in and says, "Was it interesting to hear that Matt was going to try Animal Crossing? If you stick with it, I have some tips and tricks if you would like." Um, yeah, I played it for not very long, and I knew it just wasn't going to quite be for me. Um, but that being said, the game that is there is a very good one. I think there's some very good mechanics and whatnot in the game. There's a few things to get used to, but I've never played an Animal Crossing game, so uh, certain controls, obviously, I wasn't going to be familiar with. But I thought it was great for what it was. Um, I'm glad I tried it out. Um... But uh, it's just it's just not something I'm going to be uh, interested in per se. So uh, no, you don't don't you don't need to write in with uh, tips and tricks. Um, so don't uh, don't worry too much about that. Um, but no, just yep, yeah, that's just kind of where I settled with it. It's just one of them games where it will continue to be a raging success, quite clearly, with what twenty million copies or whatever they sold of this game. Um, and people really like it. That's really great. They have a big presence at Nintendo Directs. The new update just came out, I, th- I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool that people uh, really enjoy it. But it's just, uh, it's just not quite my uh, my cup of tea. So I think that's perfectly fine at the end of the day. Um, that's pretty much everything I've got for Animal Crossing, really. Uh, I didn't think it would quite be in my game. But I thought, you know, it was listed there as a bonus game that I could rent. So I took that opportunity and that is the result of that, basically. So, uh, the other game I tried out, which I really didn't get on with, was uh, uh, the the new All-Stars Brawler, the, the Nickelodeon one. Uh, just very lifeless. Very lifeless. Um, it, it basically, the game doesn't even really have that much going on. Um, I mean, let's look at like the Injustice games, right? And, the, uh, and Smash Brothers. With those two games, I know that Injustice is more of like a Tekken-style fighter as opposed to a stage brawler. But, you know, it's kind of similar in certain degrees. There's not really like a story thing going on. Um, You can do this like battle mode thing. 
Um, they don't even have as many characters as I thought they were going to. They only have two out of the four Ninja Turtles, which... If you're going to put the Ninja Turtles in something, like if it's a TV show or a film or a game or merchandise, you've got to put... The, they're, they're, they're the group, you know. You've got to put all four of them on there, but they only had two of them. Uh, some of the characters I didn't know, some of them I did, but there was about... How many characters is there? 15, 20, maybe. Might have that wrong. But, uh... Yeah, I just... I, I started fighting on the game and I picked... I think it was Leonardo. He's the blue ninja turtle. Oh, the one with the blue scarf thing. That that kind of thing. Um, and it was just... I was just like, this is really lifeless. There's no... There was basically just the punching sounds. The noise of the stage. And music. And... The first thing that started occurring to me was this game is lifeless. Um, yeah, I mean they made like little sounds when they hit each other and stuff, but um, just, just there's just not a lot there really. And I've heard recently about like a drop off in the player base because there is an online mode as well, which I didn't click on. Um, and I don't have Switch Online any. Oh no, I have it on PS4. So yeah, I did have uh, I do have PS Plus, but didn't decide to do that. Uh, have you seen anything of uh, Nickelodeon's um, Smash game, All-Star Brawlers game? No, and honestly, that's not a game franchise that kind of interests me. Yeah, yeah. But I just thought I'll, I'll jump in there as one of the uh, Ninja Turtles and kind of see what happens. But just uh, the, the sentiment I'm coming away with is just surprisingly lifeless. So, yeah. Uh, other than that, I need to wait to be sent my next games. Uh, Keen, I think it's Kenya or Kenya Bridge of Spirits is out on PS4 on Friday, so that's going to be the next uh, the next new game that I play. Um, and I will save the other game that I'm interested in playing for some of the news that we've got to talk about. Um, so before we get into all of that, uh, let's get into some housekeeping, and then we will get into that news afterwards. See you in a minute for that. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or 
film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show all right, recently on Entertainment Talk, let me bring up the correct thing here. <clears throat> uh, so I finished the fourth and now final season of Good Girls. wasn't intended to be the final season, but it was cancelled. So it had kind of a... That's the current finale for the show. I did basically a Good Girls finale spoiler talk. So I talked about the choices that were made at the end of the season. My thoughts on the season as, as a whole, but more in a spoiler sense. And talked about the... Uh, what's left of that show really which isn't very much now so you got that i uh, did a couple of united cast episodes i do have another one i'm going to do this week before the return game on saturday so look out for that episode um it's called man united miss daniel james and i know some people didn't think he was good enough for the team uh he was sold at the end of the summer this current so just before well just after the start of the current season because uh, he played the first three games. But just talked about how the system of the team kind of requires what he has. And the other players on the team don't really have the same type of thing. If that makes sense. So talked about that and how the team ultimately misses what he brought to the team. Uh, I know some people are going to disagree. Because some people really didn't like the player at the end. Uh, but I talked about that as well. Uh, finally got around to seeing uh, Eternals. I gave it a must-see review. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I said that it was one of the MCU's best films. Uh, I know I've seen some kind of mixed reviews and stuff on it. Some people have loved it. Some people have thought it was okay. Uh, you saw it, didn't you? Yeah, I saw it. Did you like it? I hated it. I thought it was boring, directless, directionless, and I literally fell asleep in it at one point. Okay. There we go. Um, but uh, I talked about that on that episode as well. Uh, Walking Dead podcast for the Walking Dead World Beyond. Uh, we'll be back for Season 2, Episode 7 tomorrow. But Season 2, Episode 6 is the newest episode. Uh, over in the other episodes of the United cast, uh, I talked about um, the British media's agenda against foreign players. Which isn't really a secret. It's quite obvious. But I thought I'd take an opportunity to talk about some of that. Gaming talk last week, we talked about Hogwarts Legacy, Horizon Forbidden West, and Battlefield 2042, which I'm continuing to see really bad discussion on online. As a YouTuber I follow called, what's he called, Big Fry TV, he covers a lot of first-person shooters and that sort of thing, and he wasn't very impressed. Uh, You can go and check out some of his videos for that as well. He's also got a video talking about some of the uh, Modern Warfare stuff that we mentioned. Uh, What was that? Two, that was two episodes ago, I think, wasn't it? So, uh, talks about that as well. So, go and check out Big Fry TV on YouTube. Uh, what else have we got? Um, that is mostly it for like kind of newer stuff. Uh, we will have some more episodes out this week as well, so look out for those like Walking Dead tomorrow, Man United are back on uh, Saturday, and we'll see what else we can uh, obviously Metroid Dread review and that sort of thing. So, look out for those episodes on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Uh, Let's get into some news.
Alright, so we got a bit of an update about something involving Call of Duty Vanguard. I'll just read out the title that we've got here from IGN. It says, Activision apologises, which is a bit of a different thing for them to do, uh, and removes insensitive Quran, I think it's called. That's like that um, religious book, I think, uh, for the Muslim, mm-hmm. m- Muslim community, <coughs> which I think is in The Last of Us 2 at some point as well. I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Activision apologises and removes insensitive uh, Quran pages from Call of Duty Vanguard says uh, Activision has issued an apology after insensitive references to the Muslim community were included in a Call of Duty Vanguard zombies map. Uh, now I didn't click on what the information was. I didn't look up what this information was about. Um, but the the point I want to add to this is there's a couple of different angles to look at this type of thing. This is just a new example of one of these types of things if you are telling a fictional story right and especially one that's 18 rated one that's got blood gore violence war you know that the stuff that call of duty's got in it and if you're telling a fictional story along the lines of a very very adult mature war um heavy kind of uh, rating of a game so very adult very mature kind of thing um you should kind of be be allowed to tell whatever story you want and what i mean by that is because i don't have the reference for what exactly this is but given that it says here that this is about a vanguard zombies map i've seen some footage and some images and some promos for the zombies mode i haven't actually played it uh, because i don't actually have the game so you've got to remember what context I'm approaching this from. But the zombies mode that was introduced in Call of Duty World War, to, sorry, Call of Duty World at War, which was 2008's game, that was the one that came out after Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, which was the 2007 game. Um, that zombies mode in that game was quite simple, quite basic, quite straightforward. The modes that they've put in for the zombies thing from there on from there onwards so pretty much in all the black ops games i think they had one in some of the other games and obviously they've got one in this one as well it's usually with the world war Two or the cold war obviously in this situation uh games or sorry the world war two situation with this with this game as well um the zombies mode looks to me like something very slapstick, something very just kind of silly, nonsensical. And if you want to have fun with it and you've got like a group of friends, you want to jump in, take out some zombies, that's cool. Um, so I don't know with the context of what is referenced here from these Quran pages, how exactly that fits into a sillier game mode. Do you understand what I mean? So, like, something that's quite sensitive and obviously it's religion and people do have the, their beliefs of that. I'm not trying to take that away from anybody. If you want to have religious beliefs, you're you're more than welcome to. But for me, trying to piece together what that would be together with quite a silly slapstick game mode doesn't seem like it quite fits correctly. So maybe they, make, maybe they made a mistake with whatever that was there. Maybe they should have written it better into... Um, the actual campaign that seems like a more appropriate place to put something like that is into your campaign mode where you're actually telling a story 
or like properly trying to tell a story like a more serious sort of thing um but what i want to say as well is if you're going to have a very adult very mature video game and somebody is going to let's just say make offense of something like religion or sexuality or gender or some sort of racist remark if you have a situation where a fictional character within a game does that to me that's okay because you're telling a fictional story whereas I'll, I'll give you an example of which i've got more context towards so in the last of us 2 um ellie is a lesbian character that's established in the first game and in pretty much all three of the last of us pieces of media which is left behind as well where her relationship with riley is further explored and obviously she's got her girlfriend uh dina in the game i can't quite remember exactly if Dina's supposed to be bisexual or lesbian, but I think she's one of the two. Obviously, she's Ellie's girlfriend in the game, but she's Jesse's ex-girlfriend. Jesse being the guy in the game. So that's just the context for that. Now, there's a scene, this happens in the trailer, where um, they're at this sort of night party kind of thing, and Ellie and Dina are dancing together, and they decide to have a kiss, and that's one of the bits that's in the trailer. And Seth, who's one of the characters in the game, comes over to the two of them and says, hey, this is a family event, don't do that. As if to say, like, what you're doing isn't right and it shouldn't, you shouldn't do it because you're both lesbians in front, of a, in front of a family. Now, of course, that caused the players to not like Seth, but that's okay because that's the intention of the character of Seth. Whereas if Neil Druckmann, who's a real person, unlike Seth who isn't, he's being performed by a real person... But Seth himself, the character, isn't a real person. If Neil Druckmann or Hayley Gross or anybody else that's involved in that writer's team, if they came out and said, oh, I don't like Ellie, she's a lesbian character, then you, then that's more of a case of like, okay, now you're not telling a fictional story. Now you're actually a real person who's offending somebody. So again, within the context of the story that's possibly being told here with regards to religion... You can kind of do that because, again, you're telling a fictional story. Um, do you, do you understand kind of what I'm trying to say here, Robert? Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, for context, I did have this story as well, but I knew you were going to talk about it. Um, the controversy lies in the fact that, according to the Muslim faith, from what I'm reading, it's not allowed for the pages to be on the ground. And in the map, there's just random pages on the ground. My guess is, and I don't know this for sure, but this is just a guess, is just that at some point they somebody created the pages as an asset, um, like anything like a tree or a table or a chair or anything like uh -huh. that. And then at some point it got added and it just happened to be on the ground. Um, and they have since removed it and apologized for it. So I don't think the offense was intentional. Um, okay. My only real issue is, is that everybody's getting offended by everything at this point. I mean, you literally can't say water's wet without somebody taking offense to it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people take offense at the dumbest things. But to them, it's important, so I try to respect it. Yeah. But I've seen people lose their shit because people put ketchup on hot dogs. And I'm not <laughs> that's, even that's, joking. That's just more funny. That's just more kind of silly. No, this is like angry angry elitist rants from people from new york watching people not from new york put ketchup 
or pickles or relish or something on hot dogs. Right, right. Which is completely different to like religion or sexuality. Or oh something. yeah, absolutely. So... But my point being, everybody seems to want to be offended at everything today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get what you mean. Yeah. Um. So let, let me let me um add another sort of piece to this then so let's say you did have a story point i'm trying to add like a possible story point to what could have happened in a game within this right let's say you're playing as the protagonist in call of duty vanguard and forget the zombies mode thing let's just say this is camp in campaign mode right so Mm -hmm. same thing it's still in the game anyway whatever mode it is in it doesn't really that's not really quite so relevant but my point towards the previous bit was that zombies is kind of slapstick and stupid uh, which is kind of supposed to be. But let's say within Call of Duty Vanguard's campaign, right? Let's say that either you're playing as a Muslim character or you're walking along with one, right? And let's say that you have a scene that's in a church and they're reading from the Quran on, and, and there's some sort of scene happening, right? And then let's say like a terrorist enemy character comes in and they know about the... Because you said about the rule of not having the book on, on the floor, Right? Let's say if they go in there and threaten the characters and one of the threats that they do to kind of disturb them is to throw the book on the floor or something. That's fine if you want to tell that story because then that's telling a story of how like the villain trying to take control in some sort of way. Whereas if I went into like a Muslim thing or something and then I threw the Quran book on the floor, that's not okay because I'm a real person who's then offending that religion whereas if a fictional character is doing it within the context of a story and that's the story that you want to tell um to me that's okay because that's just completely different um and that's the story that you, you, you can't we can't go to a situation where um you don't want to tell an offensive fictional story like you have to be able to do those sorts of things because it's within the story that you want to tell um and if the effect that you want to be in that story is to offend those characters or any other Muslim people playing the game. That's kind of what you're going for, anyway, I suppose. So uh, that's that's the that's the points I kind of wanted to uh, to add to that. So thank you, by the way, for looking up the the context within that um, as well. So yeah, um, we'll see what they do with this. Um, it did say that uh, they've removed this actual reference or or whatever it uh, particularly was. So. Um, we shall see. We shall see what happens. Uh, I think we can kind of move on from that because that's unless you had anything else you wanted to add to that. No, Robert. Cool. Uh, what else did I have? I'll save. I'll save the game awards for my last piece because we do have those. Um, Elden Ring. Let's talk about Elden Ring. We just did have like um, sorry, not Elden Ring. Elder Scrolls. Similar type of name, but still. Uh, says here from GameSpot, it's official. After Starfield, Bethesda is releasing Elder Scrolls 6 and it will be exclusive to Xbox and PC. Elder Scrolls will be an Xbox and PC exclusive. It says here, uh, let me just make my screen brighter so I can see it. Excuse me. Uh, it's not about pub punishing any other platform. Like, I fundamentally believe all of the platforms can continue to grow. But in order to be on Xbox, I want us to be able to bring the full complete package of what we have. And that would be true when I think about Elder Scrolls 6. Um, that would be true when I think about any of our franchises. Phil Spencer, of course, head of Xbox. Um, 
here's what I don't quite understand about this statement. There's a, there's a piece in here that connects to something that was mentioned before. It was either... I can't remember which Bethesda game it was. It was either for Starfield or it was for Deathloop. I think it was for Starfield when they said that Starfield is probably going to be an Xbox exclusive. And the same sentiment has been said for that situation and for this situation. Which is that, like, we're sorry about having console exclusive exclusivity. Um, you don't need to apologise for something like that. I, I, I've never seen a, somebody at a company say something like that before like i've never seen any of the heads of playstation say that i've never seen the ceo of hbo or netflix or somebody else say like hey we're sorry our tv show isn't on amazon or something um i don't really get that sentiment of like hey we're sorry that it's only on the things that we own even though we paid a lot of money for this game uh or for the whole studio um, and we're sorry that it's not going to be on the competitor's machine or, or like platform. Um, what do you think of that particular type of statement of like apologizing to the competition almost? That I don't get because yeah. I've yet to see Sony apologize for Spider-Man being only on PlayStation. Or anybody else for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can kind of understand being a little... Conciliatory in the fact that, you know, it probably was assumed before the purchase that it was going to be on all platforms, and then after the purchase, it's like, nope, this is just on ours. But give me a reason why it should. I mean, it's not like, I mean, with Deathloop, obviously, that's probably not going to be on uh, console for Xbox for a while because of the contracts they signed, much with the upcoming Ghostwire Tokyo, which we've talked to death about um but yeah i mean those especially starfield and elder scrolls 6 those are so early in development there's not a justification of why they should be multi-platform on playstation and yeah i don't i don't get why he's doing it i mean i can understand not trying to be trying to not want to be a dick about it it's like haha you can't have this but (laughs) i mean seriously yeah yeah i mean it's not even like you can't have this anyone can play this game they just have to get an xbox or a pc and Mm -hmm. either buy the game or get game pass um it's not like if it's not like hey if you've only got a playstation you can never ever play this game (laughs) like it's sure you can't play on the thing that you've got but you can get another thing to play this game and a whole bunch of others that are on game pass um it's like I said that the the CEO of Netflix isn't going to turn around <clears throat> and say sorry Stranger Things season 4 isn't on HBO we're really sorry that you're not going to be able to watch it if you're not subscribed to us it's like the the sentiment that I would take with or the the thing that a boss or a, C, a you know head of Xbox or whatever should say is like hey we have this thing if you want to play it, you've got to come over to our platform. Game Pass is great. Our Xbox system is... Your ecosystem is great. And uh should say something like, you know, Elder Scrolls Six is going to be a part of the great, I don't know, Xbox family. So it's something along those lines. I'm not trying to say Phil Spencer's like an idiot or something. I just think with this particular thing, because uh, he's doing a great job with what they're doing with Xbox and all the acquisitions that they've got. But I just think with that particular... Because to me, that's just business competition. It's like, hey, if you want our product, you have to come to us to get it. Like, don't go somewhere else for it. Um, so, 
yeah but i i remember there was a i can't remember if it was phil spencer himself or there, there was someone similar uh it might have been like aaron i think aaron greenberg as well is is like part of that um somebody else said like oh sorry that starfield isn't coming to uh to playstation it's like why are you apologizing for that it's business competition so yeah um so there we go um i'm gonna make a prediction about these Bethesda games, whether you're talking about Deathloop, whether you're talking about um, Ghostwire Tokyo or Starfield or Elder Scrolls 6, I think eventually, I don't know how long this will take, so I don't know how long it will take for my prediction to be right or wrong. I think all these games are going to come to PlayStation eventually. Um, I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but I just think with the way that Xbox approaches exclusives as opposed to the way that Nintendo and Sony do, Obviously, Sony started publishing a bit more on PC, but PC isn't the direct competition. PlayStation is. Um, I just think with the way that Xbox approaches this whole exclusivity thing, I think whether it will take six months, a year, two years, five years, or four, I don't know, some amount of time, I think all of these games are going to end up on PlayStation. Um, Just because of the manner of which they publish these games. Um... So yeah, uh, what what do you do? Do you think that might happen, or do you think that will only happen for some of these games? Uh, really, I think it depends on the game itself and how well the game sells. And it'll be at a minimum a year exclusive on console yeah. slash PC, just because um, after a year, sometimes two, pretty much everybody that was gonna buy it has bought it, and then everybody that's got uh, Game Pass will have played it. So that's, you know, that's going to be your kind of your threshold of when they think they've done making money on this platform, then they'll move it over to another platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, that's different to what I said with, you know, like Horizons coming to PC. What is it? It's Uncharted. Uncharted's, I think, coming to... Is that with the new edition? I think they said Uncharted's coming to PC. Uh, God of War's coming to PC um you've already had like other ones uh, other games as well that that come into pc um the pcs are very pcs are very very particular type of audience and arguably a much more expensive one because you need a for those types of games like horizon or uncharted or god of war you're gonna need a very good pc to do that whereas if you want to go and play some xbox games you can go and get quite a cheap xbox one and uh, get Game Pass and play them that way. Same thing with PS4. You can go and get a cheap base PS4 if you can find them, obviously. Um, and obviously, well, you can su- subscribe to PlayStation now and get some of their games, but uh, you can also just buy some games cheaper as well. Whereas with PC, if you want to go and get a good PC that's going to be able to run like God of War or something or Elder Scrolls. <clears throat> Uh, you're gonna need a lot more. You're gonna need a much more expensive uh, machine than a base Xbox One or PS4. So, um, but then for this is this is more sort of um, like if you're only an Xbox person, right? If you've only got an Xbox, you've not got a PC that can play those types of games, and then you see that okay, Horizon's coming to PC, right? That's still kind of well not negate you it still kind of doesn't give you uh the 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 open door to to those games because of that it's still of that business competition i suppose so uh anyway moving on from that um 
yeah, we've got, uh, speaking of Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man, the actual character, is going to be added to the Avengers game on November 30th, which is in just under two weeks' time, because it's the 16th today. Uh, this was announced in between last week's show and this week's show that we're doing. Uh, I mentioned earlier that there was going to be a game that I'm going to try out again. Um, I'm going to, I just want to see what Spider-Man's like on this game. Does it mean I'm going to play the Avengers game regularly? May probably not. I, I don't know. But um, it's Spider-Man. I love and care about Spider-Man a lot. And I just want to see what the content is for this particular game. Uh, now this is exclusive to PS4 and PS5. So um, a little bit of Sony business competition here. Because uh, you won't be able to play the, you won't be able to play the Spider-Man content on the Xbox One versions. I don't think you'll be able to play them on the PC versions either, because it said just PS4 and 5. But it makes sense the whole Sony thing, the way that Sony's integrated with Spider-Man, both with the film rights and with the PS4 game. Um, and of course, he's kind of an exclusive character to that platform at the moment. Uh, what do you think, Robert? Uh, Spider-Man is finally joining the uh, the Avengers game. Hello. Wasn't that like a launch exclusive? I vaguely just remember something about seeing some video on the launch of that game, and it had Spider-Man in it, but it was only in the piece in the uh, PlayStation version. No, the, the the thing that happened, um, this character was announced a long time ago for the Avengers game, um, but it just took a really, really long time for some reason. I mean, in between that, Black Panther, Kate Bishop, and Hawkeye were all announced and released before any of those things happened. Uh, there was also who's the other character that was that was added. Uh, uh, Miss Mar no, she was at launch. Um, there was another one as well. I can't quite remember because it was Shuri, maybe. Or did no. that come with Black Panther? No, it was Black Panther, Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. I guess Spider Man would be the fourth one. Then I thought there was another character, but maybe I'm misremembering. Um, yeah, that those characters were announced and arrived. Um, after spider-man was announced i don't know what took so long this this was probably announced like a year ago or or, or something or close to a year ago uh but they just had a lot of trouble getting the character finished which hey if you had like glitches or technical problems then sure sort those out and, and delay the, the release of this character um i did see on the xbox dashboard that this uh, game has been added to Game Pass. Um, mm -hmm. Will you be checking this out at all? No, I don't really have any interest in the game. Okay, I just thought because you had Game Pass, so you might uh, maybe take the interest. Um, as far as I understand, these characters are added uh, for free, but of course, if you want some other quicker methods of doing things, like unlocking his suits or whatever, there'll be the Battle Pass stuff and the store. So that's cool, I suppose. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what this ends up being like. Um, so yeah, but uh, some people have wondered if this is going to be like the last thing added to this game because with like Square Enix's comments recently, some of which we talked about last week, uh, I don't know what kind of future this game has kind of got. Um, they added Black Panther. People seem to kind of enjoy that. Um, but we'll see what they do with the, the Spider-Man stuff. I'm also curious to see how he plays because 
apart from the couple of open areas, there isn't many places you could kind of swing on this game, as far as I've seen. Like, there's a lot of, uh, like, rooms that are in buildings and stuff in this game. So, I I don't know. I don't know how, how that will work, but um, we shall see. But that is Spider-Man, going to be added November 30th to the Avengers game. Uh, let's go on to this year's Game Awards. Now, unfortunately, the website won't work for me because it says I need to rotate my device. Even though I did, and it didn't work. So I'm just going to read these off of Twitter because I literally can't load the Game Awards website. Uh, I'm not going to jump to Game of the Year first. I'm going to save that till last. That's their pin tweet, so I'm going to go back up to that at the top. I'm j- what I'm just going to do, I'm going to scroll down, and then when I see a category that we're both interested in, I will read out the nominations for it. So we've got uh, best six nominees for best multiplayer game. Back for Blood, It Takes Two, Knockout City, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim. Uh, Robert, you've been playing Valheim, haven't you? Yeah, I played quite a bit of Valheim. I know the most about, so... Okay, so you'd probably go for that, I, I suppose. Uh... Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick one. I mean, they're all decent games. I've seen them all played. It's just that's the one I've actually played. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, oh, yeah, you played New World as well, didn't you? Or did you... Yeah, but that's been... Not, that's not one that I would uh, vote on for Game of the Year. It's just had too many problems. Okay. Oh, that was that one. Okay. Um, no, I just recognize the two names that you'd mentioned before. I don't know what I would vote for there. I've not played any of those, but I like zombies, and Back for Blood has zombies. So, <laughs> there you go. Uh, ongoing game, we don't need to do that. Uh, best Art Direction, six nominees, Deathloop, Kenya Bridge of Spirit, which is the game I mentioned that's coming out on Friday, but it has come out already on PlayStation 5. Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and The Artful Escape. I would go with... Well, I want to play Ratchet and Clank, but I haven't. I would go with Psychonauts. It's got some very um mind-bending kind of, well, artful stuff in the game, so art direction yeah psychonauts too for me how about you um i can definitely see psychonauts um i would go more with kenya once you get that game uh and you play it a bit you'll understand where i am but that's artfully that's a very beautiful game cool cool so that's those ones uh five nominees for best score music cyberpunk 2077 deathloop near replicant marvel's guardians of the galaxy the artful escape um I like listening to the score for Cyberpunk, so I'm going to go with Cyberpunk, because that's got a very, very... Regardless of what you think of the game, um, I think most of us could maybe agree that it's got quite a good uh, score to it, and that's the point of this particular award. So I'm going to go with uh, Cyberpunk. How about yourself? Um, I can definitely see Cyberpunk. I didn't play as much of it, but from what I understand, there is some decent music in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is kind of the staple for that whole movie franchise is that yeah, it yeah. all revolves around music so mm-hmm. cool cool um accessibility five nominees far cry 6 for far cry 6 um horizon so, sorry forza horizon 5 which i think just came out didn't it uh marvel's mm-hmm. guardians of the galaxy ratchet and clank rift apart and the the veil so accessibility is well having like accessibility options for those that are slightly less able to play so that you can um, give them options of like if it's colorblind mode or like a bu- uh, just a bunch of different stuff. Um, 
have I played? I haven't played any of these. Um, what have you seen from uh, maybe Forza? Or, I think Forza uh, would be the easiest to make the most accessible because when you think about it, it's steering, it's left, right, gas, and stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a thousand different ways that you can do that um, with the controls and variations on the controls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that um, Psychonauts didn't get nominated for this because it had the invincibility thing. It had the... What was it? Something to do with the combat uh, damage, which I actually switched on. And then it had uh, full damage on or off mode. So I would have uh, put that in there, but it's not in there. So uh, best narrative. So this is like best story. Uh, Deathloop. It takes two. Life is Strange, True Colors. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Psychonauts 2. I would go for Psychonauts 2 because even though I didn't quite like the way the story was told to me, I did like the story itself. So I would go with that. Um, weirdly, Deathloop, I've not heard anything about how good its story is. So I'm confused as to why that's been nominated. Uh, Life I is think Str- Deathloop is going to be one of those games where it gets nom- nominated for a crap ton of stuff. Okay, how how come? Just because it's new and it's a new IP. Right. And it's a different style of game. Hmm. So they're just throwing every nominee at it. Yeah, it's the cool new toy kind of effect. Mm-hmm. Um... Life is Strange, I didn't really get on with Life is Strange True Colors at all, so I don't know about that. And Guardians, I didn't really get on with that game either, but I would go Psychonauts too. How about you? Yeah, either Psychonauts or Life is Strange, because I did watch one of my favorite streamers do a playthrough on it, and they have it set up to where you can involve the community mm-hmm. to choose the storyline to it. So I could definitely see that one as a winner. Cool, cool. Uh, indie game or independent game 12 minutes which I forgot came out I need to play that Death's Door Keener Bridge of Spirits Inscription Loop Hero I haven't actually played any of them but um, Keener seems like it's maybe the best option there um, would you agree with with that one yeah I think it's the most likely to win if not then def- definitely uh, 12 minutes mm-hmm. um, the only thing is is that with 12 minutes it's very much a sequence game um, you got to do things in a certain certain sequence, and then you got to do uh, multiples of sequences to get the information to be able to progress the story. Yeah. And then it just kind of gets weird at the end. So. Okay. Yeah, I've heard some people talk like the end was really weird and crazy and shocking. So I need to see what that is. Uh, nominees for most anticipated game. So these are for next year's games. Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West. It says the sequel to The Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Let's just call it Breath of the Wild 2. And Starfield. Uh, I've got zero excitement for Starfield. I don't really have much excitement for Elden Ring. God of War I'm kind of looking forward to, but I want to see some innovation. Same thing with Horizon. And kind of same thing with Breath of the Wild. But I'm most looking forward to... I've kind of got an itch to play... um, a Breath of the Wild type game, so I guess I would say Breath of the Wild 2. What uh, what one are you most looking forward to out of those? Uh, maybe Starfield, just because out of the five, um, only two are new IPs, and that's the one that's gotten most attention so far because of all the reworking they've had to do with it um, because of the Bethesda buyout from Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh... Do that one. Don't need to do that one. Uh, best game direction. Uh, Deathloop. It takes two. Returnal. Psychonauts two. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. 
I would say Psychonauts 2 just because that's the one that I've played. What would you say? Yeah, and I think we're going to see a lot of these with where it's the same four or five games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, game of the year, I'll save that. There's a couple more. Um, what else is on there? Best VR, AR. I've not actually played any of those apart from Hitman 3. So I don't really have any comment on those. Uh, best sports racing. <clears throat> uh, F1 2021, FIFA 22, Forza Horizon 5, Hot Wheels Unleashed, and Riders Republic. I've heard some good things about Riders Republic. I'm curious to check that out. Uh, I would go with FIFA, obviously, just because that's the sport that I love most there. Um, would you say Forza, maybe? Yeah, I think Hot Wheels could win it as like a nostalgia thing because... A lot of people, myself included, had Hot Wheel cars growing up, and mm-hmm. we'd set up our own little racetracks and do our own little race things. So on the nostalgia front, I could see that as a possible, you know, come-from-behind winner. Yeah, yeah. I used to like doing that as well. So, uh, Best simulation strategy, Age of Empires 4, Evil Genius 2, Humankind, Inscription, Microsoft Flight Simulator. I'd probably say Microsoft Flight Simulator. It's got quite a lot of things in it and quite a lot of detail and that sort of thing. Uh, would you agree? Uh, I would put that up there. I definitely um, Age of Empires 4 just because like with Microsoft Flight Simulator that is a very storied and history uh, franchise. Um, Humankind, I've not seen. Evil Genius 2, I don't get why that's in there, but okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we did best art direction, I think. Did we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, best yeah. question. Uh, best performance. So these are the actual actors. Erika Mori as Alex Chen. I'm not sure which. It doesn't say which games these are actually for. But then uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Obviously that was Far Cry 6. Um, Jason Kelly. Colt Van. Um, Maggie Robertson. Uh, Lady. The the tall woman from uh, Res- Resident Evil. Yeah. Then Demiozo. Akanga, uh, Juliana Blake. I'm not sure what game she was in either. Uh, Erica Mori was in Life is Strange. Uh, Jason Kelly and Oziyama Akaga. I know I'm brushing that. Um, They were both in Deathloop. Ah, I thought so. I thought so. Uh, I'll probably go with Giancarlo Esposito because he's Giancarlo Esposito and he's great in everything. So that's what I would go with. Uh, How about you? Yeah, I see him winning it. Um, on a personal level, I'd love to see uh, Maggie Robertson win it just because you can go online and see the the videos of her being super emotive to like um, fan comments of Lady Dimitrescu, uh-huh. and she just gets like really, really into it. Cool. Um, I, the one cool. I remember is like she was reading some comments from some site, and she says, I need Lady Dimitrescu's uh, shoe size for science, and she's she just like, for science! And, you know, just gets, like, really into it. So you can tell she's having a laugh at it. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Giancarlo's going to win it, but it would be cool if Maggie did. Either one of those I'm fine with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, best role-playing game or RPG? Cyberpunk 2077, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensu, Tales of Arise. I'm going with Cyberpunk because it's the one I played and because I did actually have a relatively good time with it. So... How about you? Um, Cyberpunk, I could definitely see winning. Um, I don't really get Monster Hunter Rise as an RPG because it's more 
equipment based, at least from what I've been able to play of it. Uh-huh. Uh, Shin Megami Tensen, I know that's uh, a huge franchise and has a massive fan base. Um, so out of the three, I think that's the most likely to arrive. Uh, Scarlet Nexus and Tales of Arise, I don't really recognize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, best action game, you've got Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, Returnal. Um, from what I've heard from these games, I'd like Returnal to win. I've seen some gameplay of it, and it does look very, very good. I hope Far Cry 6 doesn't win it, because it didn't innovate on itself at all, and John Carlo Esposito is pretty much the only good thing in that game. Uh, Back for Blood, I'm curious to play. Deathloop, I don't think should win. I didn't hear many good things about it, and I don't know much about Chivalry 2, so. Chivalry 2 is a kind of a first-person medieval game to where you just run around with a giant weapon, but it's very physics realistic based. Okay. So you're not taking like a 20 pound broadsword and swinging it like you'd see in like some action movie. Uh, Returnal, I would see possibly winning it because it is a new IP on the new generation. Uh, but if I had to bet on a game, it'd be back for blood because it's literally everybody that worked on left for dead two and made a totally not wink, wink, nudge, nudge left for dead three. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> oh dear. Yes, true. Um, but I'd like to see Returnal win that one. Um, <coughs> oh dear. Best audio design: Deathloop, uh, Forza Horizon Five, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil Village, and uh, Returnal. Where is Little Nightmares Two? <laughs> that had some pretty incredible audio design um, of the sort of one of the best things about Little Nightmares Two is as you're walking from one room to the next you can just hear things and you think what is that in the next room what am i going to come across is it going to be the lady with the really long neck or is it going to be one of the zombie like children whose head breaks like an egg because it's weird and creepy and cool um and also just when that game gets quiet and you hear like doors creak or um there would be moments where you'd have to like close the door, but if you don't close it right and you slam the door and then that alerts the enemy and then the lady with the long neck pokes her head out because she's got a long neck and then she chases you and she might eat you. Um, I just think the way that audio design fit into Little Nightmares 2 was really quite special, so I was disappointed to not see that get uh, nominated. I don't know what Resident Evil Village is doing on... Uh, best audio design because although I didn't play that game I did watch Kid Dicarus on YouTube play it from back to front and there wasn't much special about the audio design in that game uh, although Ryan uh, I'm going to read out an email that we got here from Ryan I just remember that we got this uh, it says, Ryan says <clears throat> I hope that Resident Evil wins game of the year we'll get into that in a minute the horror and atmosphere was amazing um, I'm glad you had a good time with it certainly but I disagree with that opinion um i thought it was just kind of base level horror of the, the kind of stuff that you'd expect but the horror that you'd see in little nightmares 2 and the audio design there i think is just much much better than resident evils um Deathloop kind of has some interesting audio obviously with forza you've got like the engines of the cars that's always going to be kind of special and cool uh, ratchet and clank i've seen some parts of uh, that's got some pretty good audio design and I think Returnal's got some pretty good audio design as well. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see uh, Resident Evil on there because, you know, part of 
audio design is setting the atmosphere. And from what I have watched of it, it is very atmospheric. I don't think, and this is going to be weird for me to say, but I don't think Horizon 5 needs to be on there because once you cut out all the, the game tracks and the audio, that's been done before. You know, car engines, ambient noise, terrain noise, things like that. Now, granted, they take it to a very, very high level, and I like it, but for best audio design, it should be something innovative. Mm-hmm. So I could see Resident Evil Village winning it. Um, if not, maybe Returnal. But then again, I haven't seen a whole lot of that gameplay. Mm-hmm. I just think that Little Nightmares 2 does what Resident Evil Village does, does in that department, but just better. So, uh, Best action adventure, uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village, which again, I think lacks in that department so um i think the action and adventure was much better in metroid dread than it was in psychonauts 2 for me psychonauts 2 has got more of the story that you and the characters that you cling on to as opposed to the action the adventure so like the platforming side was great but not really the action and ratchet and clank's very good at uh doing the action and adventure it's, li- it's literally an action platformer game um but I'd probably say Metroid Dread for this because the, the action and adventure was uh, really good. Especially like when you get the power-ups and all that other kind of stuff. So, uh, And then Guardians of the Galaxy's action and adventure I just thought was a bit a bit generic. And a bit just not very innovative. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean I'd like to see Metroid Dread win it. But more often than not I think it'll actually be Ratchet and Clank because of the nostalgia factor yeah. for Ratchet. Um, Plus you've got the rifts and everything you're traveling and that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think that's the main ones. Uh, game. All right, let's get to the big one then. Game of the year. Uh, I got Deathloop. Um, we got It Takes Two. Metroid Dread. Psychonauts 2. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And Resident Evil Village. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's like the same games over and over again. Yeah, slight in slightly different combinations. Um, I don't think any of the Resident Evil games are game of the year contenders. I I think the best Resident Evil game, at least from the ones that I played, is Resident Evil Two. That's like the um, is it Mister X? Yeah, Mister X when he's he's chasing you around and stuff. Because Nemesis just that got ruined in Resident Evil Three. Like how often he popped up, it just wasn't really a surprise. Um, plus when you had like the footsteps of Mr. X that was really like atmospheric and cool and everything um, but no I, f- I fundamentally disagree with Resident Evil Village being a, a game of the year contender um, Deathloop I'm confused about because I saw some very average reviews for it It Takes Two I didn't hear that much about Metroid Dread is really good and then the other two games are really good as well Psychonauts 2 and um, Ratchet and Clank but what I saw a lot of people saying is that Returnal should have been nominated instead of like Deathloop or Resident Evil, which yeah, I'd probably swap Returnal out for one of those two. Um but also for me as well, Oddworld Soulstorm, which didn't get nominated for anything, and Little Nightmares Two are games that I would put on this list as well. Um but I'm just I'm really surprised. Like fair enough if you wanna like do maybe sound design for Resident Evil Village or some sort of category, but Game of the Year is a pretty big one for for that particular game. Um, I'm 
kind of glad it didn't get nominated for best narrative because the narrative in Resident Evil Village is completely nonsensical. Um, but it's it's there on Game of the Year. So, um, what do you think should or shouldn't be on that list? Well, I'm surprised that neither Forza Five or uh, Microsoft Flight Sim made it to Game of the Year. Yeah. Um, because I mean, granted, Forza Five literally just came out, but um, Flight Sim has been out all year and it's been a big deal um honestly if i had to take any one game and put it in there it would have to be valheim just because this is a game that had minimal staff minimal support minimal hype and sold six million copies inside of a month i mean if that's not game of the year contender game of the year contender i don't know what is yeah yeah um I just took a guess each. Which one do we think is going to win? What do you think? Uh, probably Psychonauts 2 or Deathloop, one of those two. I, I have a weird feeling that Deathloop is going to win this. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is, but I just have a feeling that that's going to win <clears throat> Game of the Year. Because um, you've got... Right, so Deathloop is PlayStation exclusive. It takes two, I think it's multi-platform, that's EA game anyway. Uh, Metroid Dread's only on... Yeah, it's multi-platform. Yeah, Metroid Dread's only on Switch. Psychonauts 2 is on Xbox, PC... I don't think it's on Switch. Obviously, Xbox, PC, PS4, and it's coming... I think it's on... I can't remember if it's on PS5, but um, it's at least on PS4. Uh, Ratchet & Clank is PS5 only. Resident Evil Village is multi-platform apart from Switch. I'm just thinking in terms of like exclusivity and people that haven't played games on certain platforms. Um, the one that I want to win, I'd be happy with either Psychonauts, Ratchet and Clank, or Metroid. Um, the one I actually want to win, I would really love to see Ratchet and Clank win this. Actually, uh, as much as I really did enjoy Metroid and I haven't actually played Ratchet and Clank. I really like what I've seen of Ratchet and Clank, and I really love those characters. I think it would just be cool to see um, them win this. So, uh, yeah, um, which which one of those do you want to win it? Honestly, none of them. I think <laughs> would stack up, so I don't care which one wins it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but that's that. Uh, the game awards themselves are on December ninth, um, which is what day is that that is a thursday so what we'll do on tuesday the 14th which will be the week after uh we'll do our last gaming talk for the year and we'll do because we usually make that our last episode for the year anyway the the game Mm -hmm. awards uh so that fits nicely with december 14th and then the week after that is the week of christmas so obviously we'll podcast stop podcasting at some point after that uh, the week of the 20th, we'll probably do our best and worst of 2021. That will probably be me, David, and Robert like it was... Sorry, me, David, and Gray like it was uh, last year when we did uh, a big podcast for that. So that's our, our, us giving out the best and worst of TV, games, and films for the year. Um, so that week's going to be interesting because you've got... Tuesday is going to be Gaming Talk. Spider-Man for the UK is out on Wednesday. And then The Witcher comes out on Friday, so that's going to be a busy day for me. I think I um, finish work on the Thursday 16th, which is good because I I was uh, well, not worried. I was interested to see if uh, I was going to be at work 
the day that uh, Witcher comes out, which would have made it a lot more difficult to cover. But um, no, we, f- we finish on the Thursday, the 16th. And then Friday 17th is when The Witcher comes out for Season 2. So that will be uh, that week. But there's one, two, wait, one, two, three, four weeks be- before that happens. So we'll see how all of that goes. Um, that's all of my news. What have you got to talk about this week? Uh, well, first up, Twitch is introducing a new program to support musicians. Uh, they've announced this program called The Collective which is a program they say will support musicians on the streaming platform. Uh, the goal is to get a group of selected musicians into an invite-only collective, which they will receive support in building communities and earning money through fans on Twitch. Uh, the collective will support musicians of all genres, formats, and career stages, Twitch said, sharing the news on Twitter. There is a bunch of things that can make musicians successful on Twitch, but we've heard from a lot of musicians, and it can be, and it can be perceived to be difficult to get started on Twitch, said uh, Tracy Patrick Chan, who was tweeting on behalf of Twitch. We really want to form a program to help make sure that creators are successful on our new service. Uh, we want to help artists learn that live stream playbook for music. Uh, this is a new format. We know there will be certain behaviors, certain tools, and certain software setups that really help musicians be successful. Um, this is going to be very tricky, obviously, because of all the consistent DMCA strikes yeah. for streamers using licensed uh, music on stream. Just as a reminder, the guitarist for Dragon Force had his channel suspended for a week for playing Dragon Force songs. And the official Twitch channel, the official um, Blizzcraft channel, had a strike for broadcasting the, copy, the uh, concert of Metallica and not securing the rights to the songs they were playing. Hmm which just shows you how convoluted and stupid they are applying their laws. So, Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, by the way, for those of you that uh, don't know, um, I have actually got a very small schedule for um, Twitch now. So at 11.45pm in the UK, so I think that's GMT, uh, on Thursdays, 11.45pm, I'm going to be doing more of my uh, Pez coach mode as well uh, i think you you joined for a little bit on last week's stream i think didn't you yeah when i have the ability to join in i try to cool cool uh but that went pretty well i got uh a few more viewers than i than i usually kind of do which is good uh and i look forward to continuing those on uh on thursdays if you don't know what that is uh the coach mode on pez obviously pez is the football game konami's football game i take control of uh manchester united so i'm able to make the uh, choices for the team that I want um, and then uh, I put it into coach mode so I watch the computer players that play football instead of me controlling them so it's like a football manager kind of thing and then I make changes and things from from there so uh, for those of you who might not be aware of that and if you've missed the first episode it is on YouTube it's called Entertainment Talk Plays if you just look for uh, I think I called it Pez 2020 coach mode episode 1 and I'll be putting them on YouTube uh, some points afterwards as well. So just thought that I would uh, mention that. Um, do you remember? What, do you remember what point you joined the the stream? What was going on? Uh no, I've slept since then. Sorry, what did you say? I I said I've slept since then. I tend to forget things when I sleep because I'm always exhausted. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, that will be taking place on Thursday as Etalk UK 
on Twitch. If you give us a follow, you'll be notified when we go live. Um, yeah, kind of tying that actually into this topic. Um, so the Pez game does have music on it, obviously. They're all um, music from different artists. I've streamed a fair bit of Pez and a fair bit of FIFA. And I've no, I don't know if this is because I've got a smaller channel with Twitch and with YouTube. But I've never had a copyright strike for uh, any music. Um, do you know why that is? Maybe it is because the channel's smaller or something? Why, why do you think? No, it's, it's not so much the channel is smaller. It's just that the strikes are applied randomly. Um, especially with something like streamed music. Um, it would have, The audio would have to hit... Um, like some sort of algorithm as possibly being flagged yeah, um, yeah. based on however they calculate and uh, configure their VI. Um, and it's just really one of those things that it's impossible to tell what will get a strike or not. So, hmm. Yeah, but no, I've never had a... On, on my Twitch dashboard, it says no strikes. On YouTube, it doesn't have anything, which is good. I'm just curious as to why that's happened because the games have got lots of songs in them. So, yeah, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a finicky old thing, isn't it? The um, is it? I always forget. Is it DCMA or DM? It's DMCA, isn't it? DMCA, DMCA. Digital Millennial Copyright Act. Yeah, sometimes I just mix it up a little bit. Too many. Too yeah, many I do that with some stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but with that and people getting striked for things and yeah, like musicians trying to do music, it can be it can be a finicky kind of world to. Uh, try to make any sort of content whether it's actual music or for people that want to do the i think they call just chatting streams mm-hmm. um if you want to have like some music on when you're chatting to your audience that you can maybe get a strike for that or if you want to just play music on on the stream or perform music yourself uh yeah it can be quite uh kind of awkward i suppose or in in my situation if you're playing games that have got music in them um, that can obviously come up with that as well. So, yeah, what do you think of uh, all of those types of things that can happen? Uh, I mean, Twitch is a dumpster fire. There's a reason why I don't stream on it, um, and it's going. It's it's not going to go away. It's just it's going to keep doing that and doubling down on things. Just and it's going to drive more and more people off the platform. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll see what happens with the. Uh, all those things. Did we ever find out why Dr. Disrespect got banned, or have I forgotten? No, we haven't officially um, found out yet. Um, I did have a story about a month or so back talking about how he's going to sue him, and since it has been a year, they can show a year-to-year difference in his income. And my and I don't know this, because obviously I never met the man, never talked to the man, but uh-huh. just as a guess, having that year difference... Being able to show this is how much you are breaking this contract um, cost me, and if they can prove that they broke the contract without cause, um, that will greatly affect how much money they have to pay out judgment. If Doctor Disrespect wins in judgment, um, I, I, that's one of those things that I don't know that we'll ever know why he's gone. He's kind of hinted at the fact that it was cheaper to bring back a Ninja and Shroud than to pay him. Uh, but I don't know what numbers he makes. Mm. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, what else did you want to talk about? Uh, well, Star Citizen and Squad 42 developer Cloud Empire Games 
plans to open a huge new studio in Manchester, making it one of the UK's largest development houses. The new office is set to open in May 2022 and rehouse the company's current 400-person team based in nearby Winslow before quickly and dramatically expanding. The five-year plan will see 700 people fill the building by 2023, which I'm not quite sure how that's a five-year plan, um, before growth further to eye-opening size, hmm. eye-opening size of uh, 1,000 by 2026. I mean, that's still only four years, but unless they're counting this year. Uh, of course, this is fueled by the uh, ongoing development of Star Citizen, uh, which has attracted a lot of controversies over the year, um, mostly involving in the fact that technically the game was supposed to be done in 2012, it's 2021 and it's still not done yet, and they've raked in over 350 million U.S. dollars in player funding. Uh, Cloud Industry Games currently employs 700 people worldwide with offices in Los Angeles, Austin, Frankfurt, and Montreal. Um, have you ever had a chance to look at anything Star Citizen related as like a YouTube video? I have not. I think you've brought it up on the show a couple of times before. It was like a was it the Kickstarter? Or... Yeah, it was like one of the yeah. best funded Kickstarters, and they got way too ahead of themselves. And then they had all this money to play with, so they basically won the lottery. And like a lot of people that win the lottery, they just did stupid shit with their money. And then they got called to account a few times, mostly revolving around the fact that the uh, their Kickstarter promise was a full refund and then they refused to issue the full refunds and got sued over it and that was like 2010 so i'd have to do some hardcore internet searching to find that actual article Hmm. yeah 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 it can be again kind of finicky sometimes with those sorts of things um so yeah but no i don't i don't know much about uh star citizen i've not really looked into it per se uh, so I don't have too much particularly to uh, to add to that. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else you want to talk about with that? Oops. Uh, no, not really. I mean, that's a game that I, I vaguely should remember when it first got kickstarted in 2009. And it seemed like a really interesting game. Mm-hmm. And then it just kept dragging on and on. And they kept changing the goals and changing what they were going to do and kept redeveloping it and spending money like crazy. And they just kept asking for more money and for some reason, people just kept giving it to them. Hmm. Yeah, that is a strange thing to do, I suppose. So, yeah. Uh, all right, what else did you want to talk about? Uh, well, the last thing I have to talk about is the re- recap of the 20-year anniversary of Xbox uh, that was live-streamed yesterday. Um, it's the official 20th year uh, celebration, so they announced a ton of stuff. Probably the one that had the internet breaking a bit was the Halo Infinite uh, multiplayer beta going live at the end of the show. Um, From what I've seen, I think 9 million people downloaded it within the first hour. Um, So clearly people want to know what's going on with that. Uh, They announced the history of Xbox, which is going to be a six-part documentary series. I don't know. The article didn't say where it's launching on it, but I got to imagine... That's something that you're just going to be able to watch either online or on your Xbox. They'll have like a little window in the in the Metro tiles thing. Um, they announced a bunch of upscaling for um, games owned by Microsoft and their studios. So games like the Fallout franchise, uh, 
Max Payne series, places like that. They're getting upscaled to 60 FPS on the current gen systems and on uh, 1Ss. So that's cool for everybody like that. They also announced 76 backwards compatible games getting added yesterday. And they were all added at once. Um, They also announced that this would be the last batch of backwards compatible games. So if the back compat game you want to play isn't on copy of it somewhere at a store, there's some really cool games and some really weird games. Like really weird is Disney's Chicken Little, which is a game based off the old Disney movie Chicken Little. Okay. If, um, if, if another you'd, one. If you just said Chicken Run, that would have made me happier, but because I love Chicken Run. But, yep. But Chicken Little, I don't particularly care for. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And another one that's su- pseudo added is a third-person shooter that they did. Uh, 50 Cent's Blood in the Sand. 50 Cent, obviously, being the rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, the game was actually pretty well received. And when I say pseudo-back compat, you can't buy it digitally because between the licensing for the image likeness of all the people that are in the rap community that they got for the game and all the music that they got for it, obviously, they're not going to be able to cough up that kind of money even though they have it. It would just be a logistical nightmare. Um, but it is available, so if you can find an old copy, like at a pawn shop, um, I wouldn't recommend going on eBay because, much like when they shut down the uh, PS3 slash Vita store, I'm sure a lot of people started dumping their copies on the online auction house to at a jacked up price to try to make money over the the uh, hurry yeah. factor. Yeah. Um. But you know the the Dead or Alive series, like three or four of those. Um, the Star Wars series, so uh, uh, Starfighter Episode Three, Clone Wars, uh, Jedi Knight Two is on there. Uh, two Time Splitters are on there. So just a, a whole weird slew of games. Um, but yeah, I mean that's a whole bunch of games that if you already own them digitally, you can just go into your library and find them. And if you always wanted to try them, you can uh, pop in and uh, find the old ones. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, it's very good what Xbox have been doing with the backwards compatibility. Um, it's it's worked out pretty well. Obviously, the way it's tied into Game Pass has been very good because it gives you more of like a well complete package with the subscription, I suppose. Because um, I think there's Xbox, then 360, and Xbox One games on there, and obviously Series X games are getting added, such as Forza Horizon Five and obviously Psychonauts Two and Psychonauts 1, and all the other ones as well. Obviously got Halo Infinite, which is going out to the service. Um, For me, with the the upscaling thing, that can certainly make a game better, there's no doubt. Like when you add uh, 60 frames per second, obviously that does improve a game. I just think with certain old games that does work, and certain old games it doesn't, I do think there's certain games from, say, over 10 years ago, that do just need a remaster. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the upscaling can be a good option. It just depends what game exactly that they are they are for. Um, but then you have things like, you know, 2013's Last of Us is getting a remake, which it doesn't need one. So, you know, so sometimes good choices and bad choices get kind of made. Uh, but um, no, they're doing a generally good job. I'm just, the thing I'm just waiting for next from... Microsoft is when they have those 23 studios 
and they start pumping out new games um but some of those games being new ip obviously they come out with uh, a new forza and a new halo um but those are you know games from uh ip that they've already had for a long time i'm talking about like either new ip or kind of newer um uh games as well so and that's, that's like obviously you know when like um hellblade 2 comes out for example it's not a new ip but it's a newer franchise that still got like excitement in there i suppose um that's that's what i'm waiting for for microsoft to do is when they start putting those games out and everything um but no they're, they're doing a, a good job i'm just waiting for those those newer games to to start coming out i suppose um i did see there was also i know it's a bit more tv related but there was like a teaser for um the halo tv series which is on paramount plus um that looked cool it was an interesting little teaser trailer um but yeah what do you think of this whole event and the halo teaser trailer I think it's cool. I, I didn't have to check it um, on demand because I didn't uh, really have uh, the chance to do it live. So there's a lot of skipping. And they did the one thing that I, I never understood is that obviously the channel goes live with a countdown timer. showing, from, But it's never like, you know, we're going live in five minutes. It's always something crazy long, like an hour. And then they don't chop off that hour of dead time. So you look at the video and you're like, oh my God, that's an hour and a half. I don't want to watch an hour and a half. And then you look at the, the thumbnail and it'll say like starting in 55 minutes. So you can you scrub that first hour off of the hour and a half. And I mean, as someone who's, who does, who used to do audio and video editing back in the day, that kind of laziness drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. It's like, hey, our stream's starting at nine and then it's like our stream starts in an hour so it actually starts at 10 or yeah um i remember when far cry 6 did that recently everybody with, uh... does that every upcoming live stream <laughs> when they and, and i and again i get the going live that early you get a ton of people plenty of time to get in remind people when they follow like the twitch channel or whatever to get the alert saying hey this is going live you give the community a chance to chat and vibe out together. That I get. Mm-hmm. But not editing that out on the video on demand makes no sense at all. Yeah. You also don't need to do that for an hour. You can do that for about 15 minutes or so. Yeah. Maybe. Or, or half an hour. I don't know. Um, it's like with football. It's like kickoffs at 8, but the pregame's at 7. So you get to hear the pundits talk for like an hour. And it's like, mm-hmm. eh. But well, like... see, for for American sports, it kind of makes sense because there's always like news of the week recap, so there's stuff to talk about. Um, at least, like I said, for like American football, for you know semi regular sports like that, to where all the sports are on one or two or three days, there's a lot that they can they can fill that hour with. Um, yeah, but still, why? That's not anything you would want to see on demand. Mm-hmm. Because usually what I do is team news comes out an hour before the game. I spend about 10 minutes looking online for what people are saying about the team selection. And then I do something else for like 45 minutes. And then I usually start getting ready about five minutes before, you know, make sure the stream's going. If I have a snack or a drink, get that ready. 
um that 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 sort of thing you know getting ready for the the live event um but yeah uh all right anything else from this microsoft thing you want to talk about uh i mean there was a couple other things but nothing that really caught my interest they announced some contest with the rock but no you know i don't know anybody that ever wins those things and they're always a hassle to try to enter and so who cares not Mm -hmm. me yep all right, uh, that's all for that part. Um, we did already talk about uh, two of the emails. We do have one more to talk about for them as well. If you want to send in any emails, questions, thoughts, comments, that kind of thing uh, to the show, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Also, if you're looking on the post version on the website of this podcast, you can scroll down a little bit. Uh, you'll find a big email box. Put your email and name in there. Sorry, your email and your message in there. You can click send and that will get sent to us. Uh, quite a few of you do actually use that as well, which is good. Um, hey, because you don't always need to open like a big email thing. You can just type your stuff in there. So you can do that as well. Uh, if you do want to use the email name sort of fully, uh, you can copy and paste it. Or you can just click on the email name in your show notes uh so we already talked about beth's email that was the animal crossing one and ryan's that was talking about resident evil uh kaylee uh also did talk about some game of the year stuff said uh gutted that returnal is not nominated i hear you're not the only person that thinks that because quite a few people thought that it should have been uh are there any games you wanted a nomination for that are not there um, other than the ones that we mentioned like little little nightmares 2 for sound design or audio design uh, Old World Soulstorm for something. I, I I think Old World Soulstorm could have been nominated for like innovation or something. So maybe I don't know what that would be under necessarily. Uh, or like best action game. There's quite a good, good bit of action in that game. Um, nothing else really. Uh, interesting that um, Call of Duty Vanguard didn't get nominated for uh, anything that I saw. Because uh, that usually get I, I saw like Warzone was nominated for best. I think it was ongoing game. Um, so it's obviously the Warzone mode for that. Um, no, no, nothing else. Nothing else really kind of surprises me in a way. Um, I was I was curious to see if Cyberpunk was going to be on any list because it was December tenth. Uh, was that the day after the Game Awards last year? It was very very close to it. If I remember. Yeah, kind of close. Yeah, so that was obviously going to be for for this year anyway. It was eligible because it got nominated for, what was it, two different awards. Um, But yeah, I I don't think that was going to get nominated for, like, Game of the Year. There's just too much controversy around it still. Um, But no, nothing else, really. Uh, Is there anything else that you wanted nominated for something that wasn't? Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have seen Valheim nominated Game of the Year. Obviously, I don't think it would win, but just as, like, a tip of the hat for respect for what they accomplished yeah. with the few resources that they had, um, it would have been cool. But, you know, I'm I'm not surprised at the games that are there, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Resident Evil games have been nominated for other things before, but I don't know if any of the others have been nominated for Game of the Year. Um, I'm not sure on the history of that because we did see uh, there was like a Resident Evil 4 VR thing that was nominated in there. Um, but I don't know about like because uh, obviously it was nominated for other things as well like sound design or audio or best audio but I don't know about other Resident Evil games getting nominated for like game of the year 
So, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> Alright, that's what we got for you for this episode. Uh, we'll be back next week for another one. we got a few more episodes between now and those Game Awards where we'll find out what wins what. And then close out the show for the for the year. Uh, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do <clears throat> everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org TV, video games, films and Manchester United podcast remember the football is back on Saturday that's a 3 o'clock game against Watford and I have no idea what's going to happen so uh, be looking forward to that uh, if you want to support the podcast and Entertainment Talk uh, you can either check out more of the episodes that we've done you can find those on uh, entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms just search for Entertainment Talk uh, you can also find, uh, you can also support us through word of mouth and social media. Just tell other people who you know about the content that we've got. Um, so either just social media, word of mouth, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want to use, those sorts of things. You can also support us through Patreon, uh, $1, $3 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Uh, take a look at those as well. Um, what's the other thing? Uh, David, of course, you can find the TV and film news over on Geek Town, the Credit UK, and Geek Town Radio, where you can find out more about what's going on with uh, Star Trek, so take a look at those as well. Uh, Bex is streaming daily, uh, pretty much over on Twitch, Trista Bytes, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, go and give her a follow over there. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch as well, eTalk UK, remember 11.45pm on Thursday, uh, GMT, so I think that's 6.45 your time. And then 3.45 Pacific time, I think. Uh, so find my streams on there for the Pairs Coach Mode. That's eTalk UK on Twitch uh, for all that. And if you miss any of those episodes like the first one, you can find them later on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>